The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. You guys want me to fight at 85, 70? Hell, I'll cut a leg off and go to 45. That was an incredible fight. Seemed like you guys were having a lot of fun there at the end, a lot of screaming. To be honest, I kind of blacked out. I don't even know what round was what. I was just fighting. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt is away. He's doing something in Vegas for UFC. He's filming something. So uh, Bob Kelly, one of my closest friends, thanks for joining and filling in. Oh, that's so nice. Am I really one of your... Uh... Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, that's great. However, if another friend filled in, I would probably say that to him too. But with you, it's true. What other friend that you have that can fill in on a UFC thing? That's a really good point. No one that I'm particularly close with. Colin would be worthless. Uh, Voss would try too hard to prove that he wasn't afraid of the fighters, even though he is. Yeah, it would just be really uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Keith would say something just outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Keith, Keith would say something that just pissed everybody off. Uh, you're like the only friend I have that could do this. And, I, and Bobby pointed out before the show, there's an echo. It's because I'm in a room with no carpeting because I'm having construction done. So I'm sorry if it sounds like shit. He's in a bondage dungeon right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, the only construction being done is my balls are being tied up. <laughs> we have uh, Caitlin Chukagian is joining us after that great uh, split decision win over Amanda Hibas. And uh, Kevin Holland is fighting uh, Tim Means. And um, I don't know if you've kept up with Kevin Holland, but man, he's a fun guy to watch fight. He's fun, but he's also uh, his behind the scenes stuff. Like his regular day life is almost as exciting as his fights. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the stuff he does, the heroic stuff he does in real life. Well, I was trying to t I was talking uh, before this, we were chatting about it. And it's like, how I've never seen that. It's like, I've seen it. I've seen these situations. I just drive by them. Yes, because I, I have something to do. I do, too. And uh, even when I don't have anything to do, the idea of being brave is not what I might have to do. I always just drive by and go, I hope somebody does that. Uh, I hear I hear, please help. And I look around. I go, hey, guys, you want to? Go over there. Yeah, they need help. I'll, I'll call uh, the police. I'll make a phone call. I have to be at Uncle Vinny's in a half hour. Uh, you guys take care of this. Because <laughs> you ever drive by on the highway and you see a car like yep. on the side of the road and 
some poor slut. He's like, ah, some of us, someone else will. Well, you know why I don't stop? Because there are so many of those that occasionally here are scams where if you stop, they roll you or they rob you. So it's almost like you're afraid to be a good Samaritan and I'm lazy. That's that's the big. I, mean, I should have led with I'm lazy. I'm lazy. Yeah, and it could like, be a scam. And I, don't, I take offense till they'll roll you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's a terrible expression. Anyway, it's it's like uh, you know, it's not 1971. I don't know why I said they'll roll you, they'll rob you. <laughs> yeah, it was an asshole expression. I shouldn't have used it. Have you ever been robbed? Yeah. Well, one time, me and my friend Frank were in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And we were just walking around, we were like 12 or 13. And this local kid came up on a bike and he goes, where are you from? And we said, North Brunswick. And he goes, well, me and my friends don't like people from North Brunswick. And uh, we go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, they're around the corner. And then he goes, how much money you got? And Frank's like, I got like $13. And the guy goes, let me see it. So Frank just shows him the 13 and hands it. And the guy puts it in his pocket. And we go, come on, give it back. And he goes, no. And he just rode away on his bike. <laughs> yeah i got the first time i got robbed a bunch of times the first time i think i was nine i got robbed in somerville massachusetts this guy took 85 cents from me and my friend and then i go can i have a dime back to call my mom to get home did he give it to you he threw us a dime oh that was nice how old was he that he would actually care about that he had to be like 35 he just took our money oh he was probably just yeah, looking to get high or drink yeah, I mean, what are you going to get for 85 cents back in the uh, 70s? A lot more than you can get today. That's true. That's Good true. Good point, Jim. I, I was in a McDonald's that got held up. Um, and it was like in, in like 1989. I was with my girlfriend at the time. And um, we were sitting there. It's August. And three guys run in. And they're wearing parkas, like those heavy winter jackets with hoods. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And uh, it was frightening, man. Because there was three guys with pistols. One guy's at the door, one guy's watching us, and one guy's in the back screaming at the cashier. And so I'm like, someone's going to get shot. But uh, the guy who was guarding us was like, hey, relax, we're not going to hurt you. Like He was actually humane. That yeah. guy in the back was a problem, though. Yeah, I've never had that. That would scare the shit out of me. Every time I go into like a gas station, I'm, I'm waiting for that to happen. And in your head, you're always like, I'll rear naked choke him. I'll do, I'll hit him with something. You'll do nothing. Yeah, you'll do nothing but put your hands in the air and not get shot. Although Kevin, you're talking about his heroics. One of the things he did was he intervened in a, in a guy who was a live shooter uh, situation. And um, he helped bring the guy down and helped subdue the guy. So he, he's a guy who really will do it with anybody under any circumstances. Yeah, he, but it's not just, it's not just one He's done like a, a carjacking. You stopped a carjacking. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done so many things. It's like I, I, the the adrenaline off of that must. I mean, just after you like you stop a crime, that must feel tremendous. Yeah, I've actually let somebody go in in traffic. Like, go ahead, and and I'm like, I feel fantastic. Like, what a good guy I am. But I only do that because I'm afraid of them getting out and kicking my ass. I I never have. I've never let. A 75-year-old woman cut me off. <laughs> I've never, 
you know, I, it's funny. I'm always magnanimous when the guy is six five. <laughs> looks, like, looks like fucking Glover Teixeira. I'm like, yeah, right in, sir. You know, it's being neighborly, but there is a self interest. I don't want to get my fucking teeth kicked in. <laughs> yeah, that always sucks when you beep your horn and you pull up at the next light and the guy's looking at you like, ah, oh, Jesus. And you could feel him looking at you. Uh, you could feel him staring from the side. You're like, I don't want to. I'm like, I don't want to fight this guy. I don't want to get beat up. I should say. Yeah, beat up. That sucks. Road rage stinks. Yeah, it's but it's taught me a lot. It's scary, man. But when you realize how many guys are out there that can fight, and, and it just, aside from the maniacs with guns, but when you realize there's just guys out there who are like, like Matt Serra told me he had a road rage fight with a guy one time where the guy was getting loud. Matt had to, you know, just kind of subdue him. Um, but it's like that that's who you're dealing with. Like you, you have no idea what type of a, an animal is in the car next to you. Have you ever seen Matt? Because Matt's had a couple incidences. Yeah. Matt's when he subdued somebody, it's it's so humiliating for the guy on the bottom because he has so much confidence and he's just on top of the guy. Remember the guy in uh, Vegas when he, sure. just, he got on top of the guy and he's just holding him down. And uh, he walks, the security comes over. Says, Do you got him? Because if you don't got him, uh, I'm holding him. And the guy kept trying to get his energy up. And then Matt would just push him down. Oh, what a, a humiliating thing to just having a, a confident Italian guy on top of you. And, and the guy was obviously being a complete jerk off, took his shirt off in the restaurant. Like he's a guy who would like punch you in the mouth in front of your family, like a real piece of shit. And it you know, Matt did what you should do, which is just subdue the guy, get it filmed so you don't get sued. Like that's how confident he is. He wasn't worried about getting hurt. He was like, I want to make sure this guy doesn't sue me. So I'll, I'll be gentle with him, um, you know, but he like to, to have no doubt whatsoever that you can subdue somebody has got to be a nice feeling. It's a great feeling. But here's the problem is that I think even me, I in my head, I always I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And then in reality, when it goes down, you forget that that person yep. is doing stuff in their head, too. Yes. Uh, you know, you forget that they're going to throw a punch back and my knee is going to give out because I'm too heavy. My ACL is going to snap. I'm going to be on the ground. You know who I'm going to be. I'm going to be the fucking the United employee in that video who gets punched back into the conveyor belt. <laughs> Dude, here's a problem with that guy. He made a decision to punch him, but he didn't punch him full. You know, he, he slapped half, him. Yeah, he half punched him and the guy knocked him out. If you hit somebody, you got to hit him. So it reminds me of the time, uh, Wayne Previty. You remember Wayne Previty, comedian? Do you ever meet him? No, I know the name. L.A., front of a 7-Eleven, homeless guy harassing, harassing, harassing. And finally, they wind up fighting. And he, you know, winds up winning. He goes to kick the guy, this guy, and he breaks his ankle. <laughs> Falls on the ground. I mean, snaps it on the ground, screaming in pain. And then he goes, all I remember is I felt something crawling up my body. The guy crawled up on his body, nose to nose, just breath to breath and went, I got you now. Oh, no. <laughs> Fucking terrible. What did, he, did he kick his ass, the guy? Did he keep it? No, guy, finally, I think the cop showed up and <laughs> right at that moment, like saved his life because this homeless guy was about to, yeah. about to fuck him up. Because <laughs> he couldn't do nothing either. Yeah, when you're in pain from a broken bone, that's the last thing you need. And it's funny, like Kevin... One of the fights, uh, I don't know if you, the, the fight before this Alex Oliveira when he had was uh, against uh, Kyle Dawkins, who's like a real animal from Philly, the black belt. And they had a head clash and Kevin went out. Like you could see it in the replay. Like he did that. Uh, I'm going to ask him if he was actually out, but it looked like he was like one of those flash knockouts. And the fight was good. 
And uh, then, of course, Dawkins, he's in a terrible state and Dawkins is able to uh, secure a choke. But it is weird, like when you have to keep fighting, even when you're hurt, um, when something happens and you have to just like when Jones had his toe broken against Chael Sonnen and uh, Chael lost in that first round. But if Chael had just been able to hold on for that first round, he would have been the light heavyweight champion because Jones couldn't have come out to fight because he realized his toe was. Remember that fact his toe was all fucking snapped. Uh, I, was, I, I hate it. I hate it. It's like when I was watching Anderson fight and his knee, his shin snapped in half. Yeah. I can't, I hate mm. those things. I hate videos where people get hurt, yeah. but that toe thing, I can't get it out of my head. It's, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. If that happened to me, you understand the screams that would echo through the, 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 the arena. I would be screaming to when I broke my knee, I broke my knee. I mean, I screamed. I'm such a wimp. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, uh, I was at that fight with Silva and Weidman and I remember seeing that and I, I, where I was seated, we had like the first row uh, like outside the cage. And so they had to wheel Silva by us. And you could, it was, I'll never forget the way he was going like, like he was doing this deep breathing thing. And I think it was so he wouldn't scream. I think that was why he just didn't want to scream. Yeah. And it's, it's probably seeing your knee slap yourself in the cheek, like having your foot come up to your head the way it did. Seeing that must have freaked you out. That's like, uh, um, uh, what's his name when he broke his ankle? Why can't my brain? I'm so old. I got to get on testosterone. Well, hold on. Let me think. I don't remember it either, but I've seen a few injuries like that. The Irish guy is the biggest fighter of all time. Oh, uh, uh, uh McGregor? Yes. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, against uh, Poirier. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. My brain is going. I, I didn't remember that till you just said it. It even took me a second after you said the Irish guy. I know, but I can't, I can't remember names anymore. I can't remember anything. I can't, I don't, I don't remember. Like I have, I have people in my family. I'm like, what's your name again? I'm the same way. And it's scary. Part of it is just age. And it's also, dude, I think everybody's memory sucks a little bit more because we have phones. And so you, you're, you're able to get information so quickly that the old way of having to get it, there might be a process to getting information that we don't do anymore. That maybe makes the memory a little less likely to hold on to it. That's my guess. Well, back in the day, you had to remember people's phone numbers. Yeah. You had to know their phone number. I still remember my phone number when I was a kid. It's, it's a 572. I, I could still recite it. And um, I, don't, I don't know and any woman I've dated in the last 10 years. I don't know their number. I mean, I look their ads up, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know their number. <laughs> you, you, can type in, you can type in Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always a way to get to it. But yeah, I think the memory is not as much as it. Uh, mine is definitely not as good as it used to be. And I don't know if that goes into anything or if it means anything. It does. I think your testosterone goes once you, I'm slowly becoming an old woman that likes dry biscuits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of cool with it. Everybody keeps telling me get on testosterone. Too. You know, I hear that. And then I'm like, I'm always, I always remember like, if you don't keep taking the testosterone that your fucking tits get mushy, but then again, that's what my tits are like now. Yeah. My, we both have mushy tits. Yeah. There's a picture of me uh, where I was in the kitchen and my phone goes to my Alexa that goes on the TV and scrolls through Right. So I have to be very careful with the photos. All of a sudden it looked like uh, it looked like from behind a guy's ass and his taint and his balls. And my wife was like, Max is in the living room playing us. Don's like, Bobby, get that off the thing. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. She's like, why would you have that? It wound up being 
I took a picture of myself. It was just the bottom of my neck and my <laughs> look like ass and balls. <laughs> like here, here down. If you get my tits, it looks like ass and balls. That's I hope you talk about that on stage. That's very funny. Oh, it's terrible. It's funny, but it's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great reveal, though, as to what the picture was. Have, when's the last time you went to a fight? It's been a long time. I remember me and you used to go together. I miss those days, too. And I want to say, was it 2008 or nine that we went? Like, I mean, uh, whenever Lesnar beat Frank Mir. But I mean, I don't think that was our first fight. We, we went to a first. Uh, I forget the first one. That was the second one. And I believe we went to one after that. Um, I did go to boxing uh, uh, with Louis uh, like a month ago. We went to MSG for the first uh, champion uh, uh, headlining woman fight. Ah, how was it? It was awesome. It was packed. Uh, the fight was great. The fight before it was great. Uh, the main event with the with Katie uh, was great. Uh, Jake Paul was there. Uh, it was pretty. It was it was great to see the the. the the garden just packed and it was for a headline, uh, a, a woman's champion. First time ever. Ah, women headlined uh, an event and uh, it was just sold out. And it was Irish people who are the funnest crowds. They're just so fun. And it was Puerto Rican. The other girl was Puerto Rican. So it was Puerto Rican and Irish people. And it was, I, I can't tell you how fun they are. I mean, they just start singing. Sweet. And they're singing Oasis. I don't even know why Oasis is English. Right. But, and they're just chanting, oh, 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 whatever, dude. Did you have good seats? Oh, we were third row. That's nice. It was with Louie. We showed up at the door and I had the tickets on my phone because Louie doesn't have a phone that he has a flip phone. You know, does he really? Yeah, he doesn't like, you know, what, you know, he doesn't like that shit. So uh, I went up to the guy and I go, hey, and he goes, yeah, you're over at that door over there. And Louie goes, hey, next time, let my face lead. <laughs> That's very my face lead. Uh, yeah, let, let your Long Island regular guy face stay behind <laughs> me, and let me take my hat off so we can get in this door. He took me one time there to to we had we had second row seats to see Gennady Golovkin fight. I'd never been to a boxing match before. It was really exciting. It was right before Trump ran because Trump came in and was sitting right in front of us, um, and I was trying to get his attention as Chip. Um, it, it was really humiliating for everyone involved. Did you do that with A-Rod or something? No, that was in Tampa. That was when I went to, I went to a Yankees training camp game with, I, oh, you were with, oh yeah, you were, okay, yeah. That was with uh, Mike Calta took us, right? Mike Calta, yep. And we went there and you was yelling at A-Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get his attention and all the players. Um, yeah, that was a humiliating event. Oh, they hate, we were second row and you were yelling at A-Rod in chip voice. Yeah, it was humiliating. Uh, are there any anything you're looking? I, I tell you, I'm, what I'm looking forward to. There's a couple of fights I'm looking forward to. Um, Israel Adesanya defending against Jared Cannonier. Uh, I'm said Cannonier, and uh, Volkanovski against uh, Holloway. I think that's their third fight. Uh, I can't wait for that fight either. So 276 on July the second in Vegas is going to be an incredible fucking uh, card. I haven't been out there. I don't know if you've kept up with Sean Strickland, but him against Alex uh, Pereira, another incredible fight. Um, I haven't been to a fight since before the pandemic, dude. I'm dying to go uh, to another fight. I, I mean, if you look a little further down, though, you got Robbie. Uh, Lola, yeah. Who is one of my favorite fighters of all time. Yes, he is. He is. God, do I love to watch him fight back in the day. He was so awesome. 
Uh, I, I still love watching him fight. He's just a champ. And uh, Uriah Hall's fighting. Yeah, it's great. But the the main, the Israel and Jared fight is going to be it's going to be epic. Yeah, that's going to be an incredible fight. And and also um, uh, Tavares is always great to watch. Bobby Green, I love Bobby Green. Jim Miller is a great fucking fight. Um, yeah, I love when they put a card together like this, which they which they do as often as they can. But when it's a card that you're like, just, there's not a fight on here. I don't want to see there's not one fight on here i'm not interested in well this is the thing about oh, by the way sorry bobby pedro munoz against uh, sean o'malley is also uh, an incredible fight well we've always said this about the ufc is that the reason why the ufc is so great it's great to watch but it's to go to a, a live event because every single fight is is awesome i mean boxing's great but you're really you know you're really getting into it later in the fight you're you, no one's going to the earlier fights sadly Nobody's going. But when you go to a UFC event, when we went, we would always go out early to watch the the prelims are epic. Every fight before the main event is usually yeah. unbelievable. There's not a there's not a spot on the card that stinks because the way they put these fights together, everybody is is uh, is amazing. Every fight has the potential to be fight of the night which is what I love about going to a live UFC event. And one thing too, and I'm, I'm glad to see that Jackson Wink is speaking up about the judging and that Holly Holm uh, lost to Ketlin Vieira. It would get, it was not a, a, I've seen worse decisions, but I absolutely think Holly won that fight. And uh, uh, they're saying the judges need to be held accountable for making mistakes, just like everyone else is held accountable, penalized and punished for wrongdoings. And then they go on. But I really agree with that, too. I don't know why judging, and I know a lot of it is judgment calls, and they are using instant replay uh, like they did in the actual uh, Kyle Dawkins-Kevin Holland fight, which made it a no contest instead of a, a, a tap-out win for Kyle Dawkins. I, I think that the judges should be held accountable. Um, maybe you have, if there's a questionable decision, maybe you get an independent panel of judges to watch it. Um, I don't know exactly how you do that. It's like balls and strikes in baseball. But it really is frustrating, dude, when you see, like you ever see, Bobby, when, when you have a six to three round fight and you'll have uh, 29, 28, 29, 28, and then somebody goes 30, 27 the other way. Or when two guys go 30, 27 the opposite directions. Like, how did you see it all three for you and you see it all three for him? Like, I just don't understand how, how you can correct that. It is weird to me, too, that they don't have some type of, you know, computer or something to watch and, and count. The fight, the the throw, you know, how many punches were thrown, how many were landed? You know, I mean, you think the technology would be able to help that out. But look, it's uh, it's I don't I don't know how hard it is to be a judge, too, you know, yeah. but it, I, th I think being accountable, ha having them be accountable, just like the fighters are accountable. True. Everybody else is accountable for something for their job. And if you don't do it or you make a mistake, if you don't come in and wait, you're fucked. If, if you do uh, you need somebody when they're down, all this stuff you have to be accountable for. That's right. They should be accountable too. Absolutely. And it's harder in like blatant mistakes, like letting a guy get punished for too long. Um, like, you know, clearly after he's been hurt would be something that they could probably do something about, but I'm sure it's very hard because some guys uh, like this, the, you know, um, uh, Caitlin Tukagian over uh, Amanda Hibas was a, a very close fight. And uh, Amanda had three takedowns. She took Caitlin down uh, uh, three times, uh, uh, two judo throws in the last round, but she didn't do any damage.
She did very little, the few elbows in the second round. So it's like, well, how much emphasis do they put on a pure takedown and ground control time? That's a problem with judging too, is they all can emphasize different things and put more importance on different things. Yeah, but I mean, look, the sport is new and they are evolving and yep. judges. It's not like boxing has been around forever. Yeah. So, and there's been so much corruption in boxing forever, too. So much corruption. But it's also, you know, punches. You're dealing with takedowns. You're dealing with knees. You're dealing with elbows. You're right. dealing counter striking. You're dealing with jujitsu grappling. There's so much more that you have to know about. It's not just one sport you have to know about. You have to know about all of the uh, of the arts, which, you know, I know it's going to take a while before you get judges that know it all, you know. <laughs> And it's hard to let ex-fighters do it, but when you look at, listen, you know, you listen to guys like, you know, and Rogan, again, is a guy who wasn't, uh, you know, who was uh, so knowledgeable and more knowledgeable than anybody really. But you get guys like Dominic Cruz or, or Cormier or Bisping, I think is great. Paul Felder is great. All these ex-fighters that understand from a different point of view exactly what it's like to be in there. And in the Chukagian fight, there was a moment where I, I want to say it was, uh, Someone, Brian Fitzgerald saying, I think that, well, they, they, they put less emphasis on that. And uh, Dominic likes to have his opinions too. He doesn't care who says what, but he goes, well, who, who says that? You ever try to hold a guy down for control somebody for four minutes? Like it's, it's hard to do. I think the fighters have the best perspective and I just don't know how you make them judges and remove any prior grudges or prejudice they may have. Well, I mean, I, I think they do though. I think they, they're really good at that because they love the sport. Um, you know, you, my favorite was Frank Mir. Frank Mir was I love Frank unbelievable Mir. at uh, sitting uh, ringside and calling a fight. He was so knowledgeable yeah. about everything. I don't know what happened to him. He did something. So he got somebody. He said something or did something. Oh, he might have. I think he left the UFC. I mean, he was doing he was doing commentary and then something happened. He got fired. I don't know what it was, but it is what you're saying. It's like, how do you, you know, remain professional and, and, and judge? The fight because you're still a fighter at heart, you know, because calling the fights, they I think they all do pretty well. And it's got to be hard for a guy, especially active fighter like Dominic Cruz um, to, to call a fight for somebody that he might have to fight or to say great things about um, somebody that he might have to fight. And although I, I think I asked him recently if it gives you an advantage, too, because you, you're really paying attention you know, you're right there watching somebody that you might have to deal with. So maybe it works out. Things happen too, because after the fights, they'd always bring the uh, the winner up to the commentary guys and like Bisbing would always get into it. Or yeah. Chael would always get into it with the guy because, you know, there is that thing like, ah, I'll, I'll kick your ass now, you know. Chael is also great. You know who does a good job? Matt, if Matt wasn't so, uh, he has no desire to do it because he's so ADD, but he breaks down jujitsu better than most people. When you hear him break, I love to listen to Matt talk jujitsu strategy and walk you through what's happening because it's not easy to do the anticipation and to know exactly what someone's going for before they, they do it. And that's just like fighter knowledge. Dean Thomas does it well. He goes on, does his minute or, or whatever. Um, and, and guys like that just understand it. They speak a language like the way you and I would talk stand up. It, it's just a language you, you speak because it's your life for so long. Yeah. Ro Rogan to me is the best. Yeah. Because he'll, he'll say something before it happens. Yeah. People like he's going to do this. He's going to kick out and grab and uh, grab that arm. And, and then it happens. And it, it's like it's almost like he's psychic. He's so good at it. And he and he dumbs it down for the regular guy that I can understand it. too. Right. He knows that we're we're listening. The people th that don't know are listening. So, yeah, Matt's awesome. I love we, you know, what we should do. We need to go to his his uh, in Long Island, go to his place in Long Island and take a class. Me and you. 
Yeah, that would be a lot of fun, dude. We film it, of course. Uh, I think that would be very fun. Well, we film us eating pizza after, too. <laughs> uh, Kevin Holland is ready to go. Let's bring Kevin Holland in, who is uh, uh, back down to welterweight again. And he is uh, Tim Means on June 18th at 222 UFC on ESPN. Uh, Cater versus uh, Josh Evan. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, buddy. How are you? Like that. I'm good. How about you? Very well, man. I'm happy to see that you're uh, you're fighting again. And uh, I got to ask you, too, about that last. What Were you actually out, uh, not the last fight, but the fight before when you headbutted uh, with Dacus, or or was it just you were aware the whole time, or did you, was it a flash knockout? Pretty sure I was flash. I call it corner street. That's what I call it. You were very... I say, I don't think there's anybody more gracious in defeat than you. Like, even before you knew it was going to be a no contest and, and uh, you know, it looked like he, they, Dawkins had gotten the win, you're walking over congratulating him. Like, you really, I don't think there's anybody more gracious uh, in defeat than you. I really respect that. Thank you. Appreciate that. And are you going to stay down at welterweight? I mean, if it's up to me, you know what I mean? I have a feeling one of those Luke Rockhold and uh, Paulo Costa guys will fall out. So if it's up to me. I'm in there like swimwear, but, you know, I don't have a right next to my name and I don't fight at middleweight anymore, it's apparently, so it might be kind of hard to do. And how how much of a relief did you feel that uh, Alex uh, Oliveira, who's very dangerous, very dangerous on the ground, and at the end of the first round, he was in a pretty uh, dominant position and you didn't look concerned. Uh, I've never seen anybody being uh, choked end the round with two thumbs up, uh, which must have really annoyed him. But uh, h- how much in trouble were you at the end of that first round? I don't think I was really in trouble. I just hate that he had got the takedown and got my back. He looked like he had a choke in, but I had my arm in between. So it was never really like sunk in. So, you know, it was a perfect time to throw two thumbs up. I see some yeah. other guys doing it in a bad situation. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't do that. But, you know, hey, teach his own. Um, and we also, Bobby and I were talking about you before you jumped in. And uh, I wanted to ask you about the... Uh, the, the shooter situation where you jumped in, when something like that happens, do you just kind of kick into instinct or are you still very aware of the fact that you're doing something that a lot of people would consider crazy when you get involved in something like that? <laughs> you know, I just, it just kind of happens. You just do what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? I don't really think about it much. Just, you know, get in a situation and my instincts tell me to do what I do and I just do it, you know, and then when I'm done, I'm probably like, ah, I probably shouldn't have did that, but I did what I did. So it's over too late. And my, my instincts tell me to turn around in a corner and face the wall until it's over. I, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> your instincts are much better than my instincts. <laughs> I don't know better. Just different. 
I mean, dude, that is the stuff. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, uh, a carjacking, uh, a gun and, and a truck flipped over. Um, it's pretty amazing that you your instincts are let me go take care of this. Let me get in there and and and, and work this out and take care of it. That's that's wild to me because most people wouldn't. And I, I mean, I you always think in your head, I'll do this. I'll do that. Like I was telling Jim. You know, I'll drive by on the highway and see a car in trouble over there. And then I'm like, ah, someone else still get it. I got a, I got a gig. I have to go to, uh, I got to, someone else will take care of that. And hopefully you're behind me. And you did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the good thing about it is I kind of make my own schedule. So I never really have a gig that I have to get to. So I'm kind of always open and available in time. So when I'm passing by something, I'm usually like, oh, look it. Let me see what I can do about this. Oh, it looks fun. It is weird when that part of you kicks in. Like, it's almost like when somebody dies, how like family members will just go into task mode. Like, okay, we have to get the funeral. We have to like people just instead of grieving, they're kind of just going through and doing what they have to do before it sinks in what happened and before they allow themselves to grieve. It's almost like you handle crisis situations like that. Like task mode is to stop this from happening, to make this dip better. And then you can feel whatever you're supposed to feel. Yeah. I like the way you put that. That's, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. The carjacking though. I mean, like carjack, what, what, how did, what happened? How did yeah. you, how did you stop the carjacking? What did you do? Uh, I mean, I just seen a guy pulling out pretty fast. I look over. I'm like, oh, he's going pretty fast. Then I see a guy running out behind him. He's like, hey, he's taking my car. I'm like, hey, that's your car. So it was just one of those. That was kind of fun, actually. You know, got to drive my charger really quick, chase the guy down, you know, and it's like, it's like, not like I really stopped him. I mean, the guy ended up crashing the car into something else and then he had to get out and run. Just unfortunately, he can't run faster than me. You know, oh, I mean? you, went out, so, you tackled him. Yeah. You went out and caught him. Yeah. He just couldn't run faster than me. You know, he did good. He just couldn't run faster than me. Did you say, did you say any witty stuff to him? When, did you say that to him when you caught him? Yeah. I was like, I don't know why you thought you could outrun me in that car <laughs> or even on foot. Like you're tripping like that. But you know, uh, teaches them. What is his response when you, when you're holding him down? Is, is he, did, what is, does he have any response? Is he saying anything to you? Yeah. Guys usually don't say much, you know, they're usually in, usually in a bad situation. They're usually like probably thinking in their head, like, fuck, I got caught. You know, so and we were just talking to Kevin about the judging situation. And, and I don't know what the answer is. I mean, like you see Holly against Kevin Vieira uh, again, a close fight. It wasn't some, you know, a highway robbery. But I did think Holly won. And then Jackson Wink puts out a statement about judging and how they should be accountable. What do you how do you deal with it when you don't know exactly what emphasis a judge is putting on takedowns as opposed to ground control or, or as opposed to controlling the center of the octagon or each judge might emphasize and, and give more mental uh, strength to different aspects of the game. How do you deal with that as a fighter? Uh, I really personally don't like decision wins, so I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, look, we're going to fight. You know, they always say don't leave it in the hands of the judges. I like that idea a lot. <clears throat> I mean, you want to win a fight, you got to be completely one-sided. You got to completely show that you won the fight. Unless you finish that person, did you truly really win the fight? You know, it's like... If, you know, you're fighting like, you know, you shouldn't do it, but if you're fighting in the streets or something, you know, it's like it's going to be he say, she say. So the same thing with the judges is just a different thing is you have a record to keep up with he say, she say. So, I mean, yeah, it sucks to lose a decision, but you should probably go out there and finish fights and that eliminates the decision factor. You know? Was there any, because you, you're a very, again, charismatic, you're a very confident guy. Was there any like doubt that you were dealing with after a couple of losses? Did that affect you at all negatively? Because uh, like, were you like, uh, even though you know you're still a great fighter, is there anything that changes in your thinking until you get that next win? 
No, I mean, of course, you want to grow, get better. After the doc is lost, that was kind of like, what the freak? You know what I mean? Getting headbutted like that and shit, you know, and then choked. So I was like, yeah, that sucked. But uh, then I went and I don't really watch football. So I was like peeping the scene. There was a football game going on. I was watching and I seen the quarterback get racked with helmet to helmet. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that shit really does hurt. So I was like, all right, cool. So uh, after that, I was back good. But no, I mean, life goes on, right? I mean, fighting is a small part of life. I mean, it's a huge part of life when it pays all your bills and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it still is essentially a small part of life. And that's just one fight. That's just two fights. That's just a couple fights out of my whole career. And that's just a couple fights out of my whole life. You know what I mean? You're not always going to be fighting in the cage. You might, you know, have different fights in life going on mentally, physically, or whatever the case may be. So, you know, no, I try not to let those type of things uh, break me. I lost two fights in a row when I was young. That sucked. I'm a grown, grown man now. I, I try not to let those things, you know, ship and shape me too much. How, how do you handle mental, like you said, mental battles and mental fights? Are, are you are you good with them? Do you have a hard time with them? Or are you able to just put things out of your mind? I, like, I get bogged down in shit. It's very hard for me to sleep if I have something financially going on or whatever. And how, how do you handle that stuff? Play my video game, smoke a lot of weed, keep my <laughs> portion, you know? Uh, no, nah, I mean, no matter what's going on, no matter how stressed out I am, I mean, I got a, I'm a full-time dad, you know, I got my kid you know, 90% of the time. So it's like, uh, long as I'm not training and, you know, and we're at home, he's with me. So it's like, I try not to show him those emotions. You know, I got people that look up to me. So I try not to show those emotions, you know, so dealing with them is just, I just feel like just deal with them as they come, you know, take care of them. Just take care of, take care of whatever it is. You know, having a kid really puts perspective on life. Yeah. Because, you know, like, um, I just shot my special and I messed up a joke on the second show and I was, I was up literally all night by myself outside the hotel, just dying. And then my kid woke up the next morning. We want to get, wants to get pancakes. It's like, right, it's over. Let's go get pancakes. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause they don't understand that stuff. They just want to be with you. So having a kid does put things into perspective. That's great. That's great that you with your kid a lot too. It's uh, how old is your kid? He's nine, nine, 29 with a nine year old. It's perfect. My kid just turned nine. Uh, he, uh, he's turning nine next week. So it's great. It was on my, we were wrestling and he put his hand over my mouth and then put his hand, his fingers over my nose. Like he was going to pinch. I go, were you about to murder me? He's like, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what would be really great is if he watches the special and sees that blown joke and then doesn't want to have pancakes with you anymore. <laughs> oh, that would suck. <laughs> Don't worry. There's always French toast and waffles. <laughs> does, does your son want to fight at all? Does like, you know, does he look at dad and go like, I would love to do what you're doing? Or, or, or do you go like, no, you should probably, I don't know if this would be for you. I support him whatever he wants to do. I do not encourage fighting, but I support him whatever he wants to do. I have him in the gym for a little while. Every time I bring like my little brother or my son to the gym, I think like the, the expectations for them to do something because of what I do goes up. You know what I mean? And they just want to have fun. So I understand. So, you know, I usually try and get them to do other things besides fighting. I really don't make my son do any sports. I told him next year that's going to change, you know, too much athleticism, too much energy just to be sitting at home. Right. So. I mean, we'll see, but fighting, no, I'm not really, you know. I got my kid and uh, Matt helped me get, Matt Sarah helped me get my kid into uh, uh, jiu-jitsu. He's with uh, Igor Gracie, which he he loves, but he's in all these other sports. He loves jiu-jitsu the best. Uh, my wife's got him in lacrosse. Oh, I hate it. Just stinks. Lacrosse stinks, but he, she's got him in all these sports to keep him running around. But uh, jiu-jitsu is the best. He loves it because he's got a little ADD, you know what I mean? And he needs somebody trying to choke him out every five seconds to focus him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps. Jiu-Jitsu is fun for my son. He just, you know, he just clowns around the whole time, just like his father. So yeah. I don't want him distracting the other kids. 
he just clowns around like his dad. So that's why I'm like, ah. yeah, but that's also, you know, he's probably smart too. That's also a sign of being smart when, when it's hard for your attention to be held, he's probably good at focusing on something he likes or he's interested in. Uh, but a lot of times intelligence, you just bored. Like, you know, nobody gives a shit about algebra. Like, you know, we have to listen to it because we're there, but his mind is probably racing to stuff that he would much rather be doing. But I bet if he finds things that he really likes and is seeking out, he's probably good at focusing on them and, and learning yeah, the video game. <laughs> Yeah. Does he have what video video game system does he have? He has a switch. We have an Xbox downstairs. I never hooked it up. I never bought the VR game. Like I said, I was going to, you know what I mean? Like I thought I bought one, but I guess my card never went through. And then it's like, I seen him just playing one the other day. So now I'm like, I really better get one. I got my PlayStation, but he don't touch my PlayStation. So he's more like on a switch, you know, I'm on my PlayStation. He's on a switch and the Xbox is just winking at us in the living room. You know, Yeah, we, we got the switch. Uh, uh, we got the VR. The VR is good for a month and then you put it down, you know? Well, you know, I, I want to, I seen a Star Wars game and if I can feel like I'm a real Star Wars, you know, let the forces flow within me. Why not? You know, the Star Wars game is nuts. When you fight Darth Vader and he comes out and he's actually taller than you and you have to look up. It's, it's pretty Vader immortal. Are you talking about in, in uh, Oculus? Yes. Oculus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have this, there's three parts to Vader Immortal and I don't like video games. Matt talked me into getting a fucking Oculus. And I did it during the pandemic so I could try to meditate. And um, that Vader Immortal is incredible. Like it, it's to hold a lightsaber and actually physically move. I can't believe how much I enjoy that game. But if you like Star Wars, you'd love it. Yeah, that sounds sick. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, Kevin. Well, look, man, good luck against Tim Means. Uh, it's a really interesting card. You're on uh, Kate Remit, of course, at uh, Moody Center in Austin. That's June the 18th, uh, UFC on ESPN. And, um, you know, again, congrats on that, uh, that really, really impressive win over uh, Alex Oliveira, man. Uh, he's a very, very tough fighter, and uh, I was happy for you that you got that win. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I want to see, by the way, I would love to see you and Kyle Dawkins run that back. I'm sure you would love to run that back. Yes, I would. Hopefully that will happen for you. Hey, man, it was nice talking to you, bro. Nice talking to you, too. All right, take care of yourself, Kevin. I'm being a superhero out there. Safe for <laughs> No, I just average Joe. What a nice guy. Yeah, he's great. And it, it really is amazing that he's, he's dropped down to wealth. I was really happy for him against that uh, Alex Oliveira fight because Oliveira is so dangerous on the ground. And you never know what somebody's feelings are when they lose a couple of fights. Is it? Is it does it, is it like stand up? Like, you know, you go in sometimes you ever, like, there's certain clubs you work or whatever. You have a couple of bad shows in a row and you're like, what the fuck am I? It, it shakes you a little bit. Like there's no way around it. And then you need a good show to kind of bring it back. Yeah. I mean, I, there's been plenty of times I've bombed on the road and went right to the cellar the next night so I could go have a good show so I could feel like I'm a comedian again. You know? Yeah. I'm just the opposite. I bombed on the road and then went back into the cellar to bomb again, just to confirm that those jokes were terrible. And the crowd was right. Like, wow, that crowd was a hundred percent justified. Anyway, we have Caitlin Chukagi in here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, how are you? I'm not. I just want to let you know I'm not Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah didn't get stung by bees. (laughs) (laughs) It's like uh, I feel like I don't belong on this podcast because I have hair. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and good genetics and you can fight and you're in good shape there's a lot of reasons you're different than us yeah <laughs> <You're> smart <laughs> congrats on the uh what, what a great win for you against uh Hibas. were you confident going in uh when you heard you can always hear when they announced the first judge's name that it's gonna be a split decision uh did you feel like yes i'm gonna get this or were you really not sure um i mean i felt fun but when it goes to the you know, goes to the judges. And especially when it's a split decision, you're always like, oh, shit, you know, anytime. But, you know, I go to decision a lot. So I'm kind of used to I'm kind of used yeah. to that, that pressure. And honestly, at the end, um, you know, especially like that fight, it was like such an intense fight. You kind of like I'm like kind of out of it. So people are like, were you nervous when they're announcing it? I'm like, I don't even know what they say. I just wait till they raise someone's hand. We were talking about uh uh, again, Holly's loss to Catlin, which I did, I thought was a bad decision. Um, and your fight was very close, but she had three takedowns, um, you know, and a little bit of ground control time. How do you know as a fighter what the judges are going to put emphasis on? And we've been sitting, talking about this kind of the theme of this episode. How do you know as a fighter, like, you know, because you were devastating when you were doing, you were standing up. But is there a party that's like, all right, well, she took me down. And she's not doing any damage, but who the fuck knows how they're looking at this? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I say this all the time. And when I talk to other fighters, you know, when they're every week, there's fights and there's always like a decision on every fight card that people are like, what? I don't agree with that. Well, they did this. And people ask you, they're like, well, they got a takedown. You're like, honestly, there's no rules. So it's not like wrestling where there's points for each thing for each thing you do. So really, it's just at the discretion of the judges, like maybe one of the judges is more of a more of a grappling background so they might think that that's more devastating or maybe they have one of the judges or is more you know boxing background and they they think of that more so you really don't know which is kind of scary you know we're fighting at the top of, you know top of the sport i'm ranked number 1 and honestly i don't i don't know it's just you know what i mean you got to just try to figure it out and hope that <laughs> hope that it goes in your favor you think they're going to correct that though? Do you think as the sport grows, they're going to have to fix that? Or is it, are they just leaving that there to hope that the fighters fight to win every time to fight, to get a knockout or, or a submission? I mean, why, you know what I mean? Are they fixing it? Is it evolving at all? I mean, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's more people are talking about it now more than ever. I mean, it's something that's always been brought up, but especially now that it's, you know, over the past two years, like, UFC and has become so much more popular, more like mainstream before it was kind of just the diehards that watched it. Um, But now it's becoming a lot more popular. So I think it's like raising awareness to the sport more. So, you know, more people are watching it and kind of criticizing the judges. Maybe they'll do something about it, but I don't really know the answer. People have suggestions all the time, but I don't know. Then if it goes into the points, you know, if they try to do like points for different things, then I think, you know, 
maybe you get more strategy people that are strategizing rather than just fighting for a finish. So then that's not super entertaining for for fans, which is the appeal of MMA. How do you feel about open scoring, open judging? Uh, you know, every round, you know exactly who 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 won the round. Um, I understand it would kill the anticipation in a lot of ways. And it might, but it would also tell a fighter, there's no way to splice this. You're down two to nothing. And if you don't get a finish, you can't win the fight unless you get a 10-8. So uh, how do you feel about open uh, open scoring? Uh, I don't like, I mean, I don't like it maybe because I'm like just it. so used to how it is. Like people always think they're like, oh, if you know you're down to, then they're really going to go for the finish. But I honestly think it's the opposite. I think a lot of people you know, if you're down by two and you're tired, I think it's, it'll mentally break the person and then they won't really try the third round. You know, you know, it's a big part. It's not that they don't try because they don't want to, but I think it would cause more people to like mentally break. Or you wonder if, or if the guy who's up to nothing plays a little bit of keep away because he knows he's up to nothing. So maybe, maybe if he's not a hundred percent sure he has to engage and fight as opposed to knowing you're up to nothing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You don't want to watch someone dominate two rounds and then the third round just hold them against, you know, just try to get through and just get through to the end of the fight. That's like in boxing, they do that. Like if the guy knows he's up eight rounds and, you know, it's the left final round, he'll just run away and, and, and not fight. But, you know. Yeah, I think that's why people, you know, if you start doing the open scoring and that type of thing, it kind of leads more towards boxing. And I think as like, listen, boxing's like one of my favorite thing to train and favorite thing, but I, I hate watching it, you know? So I think that the appeal for MMA is that it is a little bit like, you know, kind of out there. So I don't know. I mean, there's, listen, there's going to be a million fights every weekend. There's going to be some decisions that are, are bad and that's just the name of the sport. Yeah. I guess you can't avoid it. And there's no way it's, again, we mentioned earlier too, it's like balls and strikes in baseball. You know, you, I guess yeah. all you want is consistency and, uh, and even a good grappling, somebody with a great grappling background may be to your advantage in that fight because she did take you down, but I don't think she was doing any damage to you. A couple of elbows, it seemed like in the second, but I mean, somebody knows that you, she was just kind of holding you. There wasn't anything bad happening to you. Um, I think you definitely did more damage. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's how I feel. But like you say, you don't know what the judge is like, you know, the first round she took me down, but she was like struggling to get a full top position. And then, you know, I'm ha most of the time I'm halfway on her back and she's halfway on. So really on the ground, she's not doing anything. And then standing up, I'm landing punches that are kind of wobbling her, which is a way to end the fight. So I feel like, you know, they kept saying in the fight, she has four minutes of control time four minutes of control time. I'm like, well, then that's even more obvious that I'm winning because the fight's 15 minutes and she controlled for four minutes, you know? Right. And she wasn't doing, uh, were you frustrated with her? I, I know you had been worried about, or, or not even what you were aware of, uh, of those throws and she still got you with one in each round. Uh, I guess that's also a, a testament to how good she is, but, uh, was it frustrating for you? Like when you're looking for something and going, I want to avoid this and then it happens. You're like, Oh fuck. Yeah, definitely. Cause like, I know she does that and I like have a really good defense to headlock throws. And, um, the thing is I practice it the whole camp. I've done it before in other camps. Um, cause that's something like you don't really see guys do that much, but girls definitely do it. And anytime like someone would hit it on me in training, I defended it every time. Like I was like, I know she, and I even said, I was like, I know she's gonna go for the headlock throw, but I know how to defend that so good. And the problem is like, I think the people that I train with aren't judo specialists. So they're doing the headlock throw, but they're not doing it with 
the same confidence and the speed and timing that someone that does that their whole, like their whole life. So I'm defending it against people that are doing it to help me out, but don't really do that move typically. So when she got it and then it's annoying after the fight, you know, you get all the people, like even people that I know, they're like, Hey, you know, when someone does that, what you have to do is I'm like, yeah, I know. I drilled that for eight fucking weeks. I was like, I know exactly. That's why like, as soon as it happened, I was almost like, like rolled my eyes. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, even in the warm up at, at, at the arena, we, um, we, you know, we drilled it and stuff, but she's just such a, a specialist at that one move that, you know, I don't think it's something that like I need to drill with other people. I think she's very good unless I'm fighting her again. I don't think, you know, other people are as good at it. How do you how are you fighting with such beautiful nails? I mean, <laughs> I just got these. This is you can tell that um, this is the week after the fight. I got my nails on. I just got my lashes done. I'm like, you can tell this is out of camp, Caitlin. OK, OK. I would say you can't fight with those. Those are those are smoking nails right there, man. You're oh, yeah. No, it's so funny because uh, I always have like long nails when I train. And um, so the week, be oh, like, you do. week before. Yeah. The week before my fight, I get them cut down because obviously they won't let you let you do it. And I had them so short. And like the girls at the nail salon are like, oh, they know when I cut them short, they're like, oh, you have competition. I'm right. like, yeah, competition. And they're like, good luck. And then when I come back, they're like, now you can have long, pretty nails, not little short nails. <laughs> and they're like, did you win your competition? I'm like, yeah. So it's funny. They know. But at my last fight, when um right before the commissioner comes and checks your gloves and they're like looking at my nails, I'm like, what, what? Right. And they're like, so as short as possible, they're like, these look a little long. And I'm like, no, they're not. And they're like, they gave me a nail clipper to like clip it. And this is, you guys don't understand, but like you get gel. So you can't just clip your nails. And I was like, so I just pretend to clip them and then gave it back. And they're like, all right, you're good to go. <laughs> but wait, let me, and how do you train with, with the nails? Are, are you afraid of uh, eye, eye poking someone on the ground or like, isn't it a problem in training too? No, because I get them like professionally done. So they're like filed smoothly and they don't scratch. I ask anyone like people. Sometimes the guys are like, oh, you have those long nails. I'm like, have I ever scratched you? No, but you're you're like jagged toenails. Scratch me. <laughs> you're dead. It's right. like, you're dead I like the guys with the thin nails that are sharp. I'm like, those are the ones you got to worry about. Mine are filed, filed nicely. They have baby baby toenails. Yeah. Yeah. They're like it's like pointed and like cause you to bleed. Jim always touches me with his, his, he has little baby fingernails and it grosses me. Bob out. doesn't like the little, the little fingernail poke on the arm, which I love to do when he's not expecting it. Just a gentle little poke on the forearm really gives him, yeah. it creeps him out. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, that it sounds creepy. Yours look great though. I'm just complimenting on your nails. There you go. You look, Thank you. You're welcome. Shout out to Tiffany. Uh, do, you, do you obviously want another shot at Valentina? Of course. Um, what do you think has to happen? Or do you think you're next in line? She beat Lauren Murphy. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think the path is now? Do you know? I mean, you never know, but do you have at least an idea of how you think it should go? I mean, I haven't heard from the UFC that they're like pushing for, you know, for a, a title fight right away. Um, I'm assuming, you know, I'd probably have to have another fight, but I mean, right now I'm on a four fight win streak. I'm six and one since I fought for the title. I thought it's been over, it's been like two and a half years and being six and one and only fighting like only top 10, mostly top five fighters at that. I mean, I don't even think any, like there's not very many guys that are, have that type of record, you know? 
So I'm definitely there, but um, it's just tough because there's a lot of new girls in the division. So I think it's easier to promote, you know, someone that hasn't fought her yet to, you know, it's easier to promote that fight than me. So I think I'm kind of, if there's other girls that haven't fought her yet that are kind of in line, I think they would probably get to jump before me. But um, so maybe one more fight, but you know, if not, um, you know, if they ask me to fight her, I'm t- they know that I'm always down, but I, you know, I'm realistic with how it works. I'm not going to sit out to try to wait for that fight. Has anybody ever turned to fight down with you? Not that I know of. I mean, it never really got to me before. No, I don't know. I didn't even know until like two fights ago that you could say no to a fight. Someone, <laughs> someone, uh, someone I trained with was like, oh, they offered me this fight. But I, but I said no. I was like, wait, you're, you can say no. They're like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I wish someone would have told me that 14 fights ago. Do you also, it's got to be frustrating too. Like, I think it's hard for someone um, when, when a champion isn't changing because then you have to get different people for the, what they would consider the interesting matchups. And uh, you like Kamaru Usman, like, I don't, does Colby get another shot at him? Maybe not because he's already lost to him two times. So I think for, again, even being number one, it puts you in a tough spot if Valentina remains champion because how many times can they have the same? You know what I mean? Like before you get your second shot, they might want, like you said, give a couple of other people a shot. So I think the best thing would you have to I guess, hope that she loses just because there's a new matchup for them to make for you. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, I go back and forth with that. Like anytime someone fights her that I, especially if it's someone that I've beaten, I'm like, Ooh, if they win, then I can argue for the, for the rematch. But then also like yeah. the, the competitor in me wants her to have the title and when i get and i want the re i would if i win the title i want it to be against her rather than like someone that you know obviously it would probably on paper be easier to win if it's someone i beat before but you know the competitor in me wants that but like you know the promoter in me wants you know someone else to win but i mean i don't see valentina really losing anytime soon not before i get another title shot and you know what i mean i i just don't really see that coming and i I don't get the vibe that she's going to like retire anytime soon. She's probably like, you know, she doesn't seem like she has anything else going on than besides fighting. So she's probably going to be sticking around for a while. And also, uh, if she loses, I mean, again, it, it, it's like uh, Amanda losing to uh, Juliana Pena. Like, you know, you're, you're, because such a dominant champion is almost automatically going to get a rematch, regardless of how the fight is or what round they lose in because, of the, you know, if somebody's a, a a first or second time defending champion and they lose badly, they might have to wait one or two times. But you would assume in most cases people get the automatic rematch if they've been as dominant as she is. Yeah, I totally agree. So it's like waiting around. Like like I said, I'm like some people like to wait around if they think they're like number one contender. They're like, I'm not fighting anyone. I want the title shot. But I'm like, I'd rather just keep fighting and get paid. And you know, because but that's different. Like I'm confident that I can beat anyone else. And if I don't, if I can't beat them, I shouldn't be fighting for the title. Right. And you must love, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, everyone, anybody would rather have knockouts than decisions just because it's a little bit easier on you, but it's also going to make you feel really good uh, that your cardio is so good and you know, you can be effective for so long and have control time given up uh, to someone like Hibas. And then all of a sudden in the third round, still have enough cardio to really land solid punches. That has to make you feel good. Go, you're not going to get tired. You're not going to crap out the third round yeah it's funny i hear some fighters say they're like the only thing i get worried about is getting tired and i'm like that's the only thing i don't worry about is getting tired because i feel like that's the only thing you can kind of control to a certain extent 
But um, I think sometimes like cardio uh, advantages for people is sometimes it might be a little genetic. You know, there's some fighters that we could do the same exact schedule, training schedule, whatever, and I might have better cardio than them. I think like my body type is a little, you know, being like long. I'm not as explosive and powerful, but, um, you know, I'm good with like footwork movement and cardio. So I think I've just kind of gifted in that area and I train really hard, you know, so, you know, I spar and wrestle nonstop and, you know, I think that that's a big point to it, but before the UFC and the regional scene, I, I had a title. So I had three, like five round fights in a row. So, um, I actually think I do better in a five round fight because, then the cardio is a little bit more to my advantage. Yeah. I got tired walking to get the mail today. <laughs> Literally was winded. My wife was like, where did you go? She thought I went somewhere. I was like, I went, I just walked down and got the mail. She's like, what are you okay? Well, it's some, if someone's trying to like punch you in the face as you're going to the mailbox, you'll get a little bit extra adrenaline to get, get you going. You need more of that little motivation. Maybe I'll hire you to do that. Maybe I'll hire you for a week yeah. to threaten just come- the mailbox. <laughs> I'll just come and start attacking you when you go to the mailbox. Yeah, and I'll just I'll have, I'll have great cardio by the end of the week. Right. Podcast with your husband. Are you still doing that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Burning the Boats podcast. Um, yeah, me and my husband do. We talk a little bit of a little bit of fights, relationships, and kind of just like current events. We have like our producers, like we do jujitsu with him, and he's like a you know twenty one year old kid. So we kind of like see what's going on in his life, and you know we're in our thirties and married. So we kind of, we give him our advice and he's probably like, okay, he's, you know, yeah, not, 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 not really applicable. It's right for him right now. But, uh, but yeah, we talk about everything we have. Sometimes we have guests on, but mostly just us. You have any good stories? Anything you want to tell us? Anything that happened? Um, I'm trying to think. We usually have our best episodes. We have a Gregor Gillespie on and he's a, He's like one of our best friends. He's, you know, like at our, he's like our, our child. He's at our house all the time. So we put him on and uh, he's always good. He's always a good time. Cause he, he has funny stories. He was like saying the last snowstorm we had, he was like using that as his workout. And he was like outside the gym, uh, shoveling, shoveling like the sidewalk outside the gym. And he's like sweating and he's screaming. And as he's shoveling, he's like, four more shovels you pussy go and he's like digging and then he said like someone came up to him someone from the gym that knows him they're like hey let me help you and he's like help this is my workout i don't want any help it was just so funny like getting when he's on we always have like funny stories between him and my husband grew up together so oh really yeah yeah they're pretty extreme so when is he fighting again? He's a really, I mean, he's 14 and one. He's a very, very, uh, really fun guy to watch. And you, you can tell he's a little insane. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when is he fighting again? Um, he doesn't have anything booked yet, but, but hopefully soon. Um, I know he wanted to, he wanted to fight Tony Ferguson and then that didn't happen. It's tough when you're like, I'm kind of lucky for my division because like the girls, there's not really any like, Besides Valentina, there's not really any like superstars that you can kind of be like, oh, I want that fight. That one's good. Um, I think when the guys, sometimes you kind of have your eyes set on someone particular. And um, but he wanted that fight and they he was trying to get a contract for that. But I guess I don't know if Tony probably didn't want to do it. But hopefully soon. I know they're I think I heard UFC's coming to Long Island or I guess Queens, the new arena. Oh, OK. I, didn't I think that. they're coming here in the summer. So maybe that would be good. What new arenas in Queens? I think it's, I don't even know. It's like, 
whatever the Long Island, the hockey team. Islander, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's funny. Are you from Long Island? Well, I live on Long Island now, but I'm I'm not from here. Where are you from? Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania and then I lived in Jersey for 10 years and I've been in Long Island for, you can tell I'm not from Long Island because I say I live in Long Island, not on Long Island. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've been here for like three years now. Yeah. Uh, the Long Island, uh, the hockey team, the Islanders. Yes. The yeah, Islanders. Their, their old arena stunk. It was terrible. So they opened up a new arena. I just drove by it the other day, actually, but I think technically it's in Queens near the Belmont track thing, near the Belmont track racetrack or whatever right they got another um, arena to, to have fights in yeah so i think they're gonna do the ufc fights there i mean it drove by it it was beautiful oh, that's great yeah it's nice to know um how great would that be if you got a fight there what is yeah. that how far is it from your house like i mean no traffic obviously that's always an issue but no, no. traffic like 30 minutes that's great and long island's the worst with traffic but do you like fighting close to home? Some guys hate it. Some, some people don't like it because the distractions of home are there. And there's some people that actually would rather be away just so the distractions of home are, aren't there. Um, I like it just because, I mean, either way, I stay at the, the hotel they have. I wouldn't I come home. So really, it doesn't matter. But then it's just nice that I don't have to do like a, a travel. Like when we fight at MSG, I love that. Obviously, that's like, you know it's msg so it, it's sick but i still stay at the hotel so i'm not coming home but not having to like worry about flying or times time difference is nice well caitlin um it was uh i'm happy for you that you got that win it was a, a very good fight and a very close fight and i hope you get another shot of valentina i'm sure you will um and i love the idea of that happening in long island if there's any way to make that happen but uh good luck and we'll talk to you again soon and uh i hope you get another title shot really soon because you, you you've looked great awesome yeah, and I'm gonna check out your podcast, Burning the Boats. Yes, Burning the Boats podcast. It's in my Instagram bio at Bomb Fighter. All right, good talking to you again. All right, take care. Awesome, thank you guys. Yeah, she's awesome, and she was. She actually wanted me to take. She was gonna do my first uh, jujitsu class with me. Uh, she was encouraging me to do it, but then I wound up going to Jimmy Rivera's place, and then the pandemic get closed down. Why? You, why would you do it with Matt? I mean, I mean Matt, just, Matt's on Long Island. I mean, I love Matt. I, I it's just too far to go. Why would I do it at Henzo's, which is probably fifteen minutes from here? Because I'm an asshole. That's I, the answer. I'm an asshole. I'm so sad. You know why I'm sad? Why? Because I don't live closer to you. No, I forgot to turn my fairy lights on. Oh, they're so nice. I saw them go on. I'm I'm very happy you you did it. Um, they're correctly named for my lights. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to say that's the. That's a fair and, and, and accurate name. I'll, I'll change my background, too. Um, All right. Well, I'm sorry. What is that bad? Please. I hate it. I hate it. it. It's like it's like John Jones toe. I try to get it out of my head. Yeah, no, I understand. Oh, come on, dude. Uh, please. What? Take it, please. Something please. else. All right, I'll go back to you. Just go back to UFC, please. All right, I apologize. Look at that finger. Look at the baby fingernail. <laughs> you can see it. Baby fingernail. And you're absolutely right. I would rather. I'd rather uh, be taught jujitsu by her than have Matt Sarah on my my chest. Yeah, although she would she would strangle me just as fast, but she was being a nice, supportive friend. She was like, "I'll go with you. It'll be fun. We'll film it. Do our first cl- do your first class." Like she was going to take me to Henzo. She trains, uh, and she was going to you know, bring me over there. And uh, I, I just uh, I, I love it, dude. I mean, Matt Matt Sarah hooked us up, hooked uh, Max up. Max is going to be a killer in a couple of years. And he'll be able to defuse situations. He'll be with, he's with Igor Gracie. Yeah. 
up here in uh, Westchester, Bestchester. And he just opened up a brand new studio uh, in Eastchester over here. It's beautiful. It's only 15 minutes away. The other place is like 30. But uh, yeah, I love watching him roll. I, yeah. He, was, he actually had to get moved up from his class because he's too big for his age. Max is going to be a big kid. Why don't you take it with him? Like just do an adult class. Why not? I'm going to do it in September. September. Yeah, you sure. I'm going to drink because he got moved up. The, the, his class would go first and my class would go second and he could do his homework while I'm doing my class. There you go. I'm going to get my knee fixed. I'm going to get um, stem cell in my knee. Oh, nice. Okay. Matt's getting surgery on his knee too. So where are you doing that here? Are you going out? You leaving the country? I'm going to Mexico. You are? No, I'm kidding. I have a guy oh. here who's going to do it. Okay. I have a guy here who's going to shoot my knee up with stem cells, which I'm a little nervous about, but he explained it to me how amazing they are and they're just going to go in and fix yeah. Wrong. So because uh, my knees, you know, uh, buckling last week before I shot my special uh, as I was the Monday, it, it buckled as I was walking to the stage, my knee buckled and I panicked. Yeah, of course. You have to see the, the, the worst case scenario. You have to sit on the stool. I mean, you'd, you'd get something out of it, but it just sucks to shoot a special that way. It was terrible. I was I was like flim flamming the whole time. And I was in Don got me to wear Nike's. Like Air Jordans, I don't, I'm too old to wear Nike. The 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 heel yeah. is like, like a high heel for a fat person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a New Balance. I need a nice wide foot. You know what yeah. I mean? Something to kind of keep you steady. I, I understand. Yeah, I can't wear Nikes. The brand new pair of Nikes, red, beautiful, gone. I'm giving them away. All right, buddy. Listen, thanks for coming on, man. Matt Sarah will be back. I hope he and the and Mrs. Sarah are having a nice, uh, having like an anniversary trip, and he's shooting something for UFC, celebrating her uh, kickboxing win. So uh, hopefully, we'll see uh, Matt in a few days. And uh, Bob, come on anytime, man. You come on with Matt Sarah. He loves you too. So you're always welcome. I, love him. I miss both of you guys. I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, buddy. I'll see you down at the cellar this week. All right, bye, buddy. All right, oh, Bob, 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 Bob. Where can people see you and get your shit? Let's plug your stuff. Uh, I'm actually going on tour right now with Louis in Europe. Oh, nice. Three weeks. Uh, I will be at Just for Laughs in Montreal in July. And I have a show uh, in Port Charlotte in the middle of August. I, only, I, I take the summer off mostly. So uh, and my special is coming out. Louis C.K. shot it and directed it. And it's coming out uh, in September. Awesome. On his website, LouisCK.com. So and Robert Kelly Live uh, on Instagram is where you find all my stuff. So just go there. That's great, buddy. Um, all right, I'll talk to you soon. And if you want to see me tonight, 7 o'clock, Fat Black Pussycat. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, pal. Bye, buddy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. 
Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.